Welcome to Psalm Springs, a podcast dedicated to an open and hopefully inspirational discussion of the biblical book of Psalms. We come to you each week with different aspects and different views of the ancient text and how those texts might inform our lives today. Welcome to another episode of Psalm Springs, where I, Rabbi David Lazar, in Palm Springs, California, the desert, uh, under the mountains, the beautiful snow-capped mountains, uh, in this wonderful time of being slower at life, of looking around, thinking, breathing more, uh, come to you recording another episode. But today I'm with a relatively new friend and colleague, uh, David Goldstein, who is in Pittsburgh, comes to us from Pittsburgh, and uh, we're doing this recording over Zoom, and hopefully the quality will be good, and, and that's how you'll hear us. So, David, would you would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm very excited to be here from uh, 2,000 miles away in Pittsburgh. Um, I'm uh, a... I worked in the business world for the last uh, 33 years, and I'm also a spiritual leader here in Pittsburgh. I'm a lay leader, and I've been um, leading the Tikkun Chant Circle here for the last 12 years or so. I studied with uh, Rabbi Shefa Gold, um, Hebrew chant, and uh, have been a composer of sacred uh, choral music and, uh, and um, Hebrew chant music for about 15 years. And could you tell us how how you and Rabbi Shefa uh, others use this term chant in the Jewish context? To what are you referring to exactly? Sure. Um, so so chant music really uh, finds its way in in virtually every spiritual and religious tradition, and the way that it is um, used in in Judaism, and especially in the way that that um, I use it and, and Rabbi Shefa uses it. it it's um, repetition of a of a phrase, repetition of a phrase from our from the Jewish liturgy or from the Hebrew Bible, and the phrase has with it a kapana or intention. So when we sing that phrase over and over again, we we go deeper into that intention. We we bring some group energy with it, and we we um, use it as a form of prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've recorded many of these chants, have you not? Right. I've I've over the last um, eight or nine years, I've I've created about I've created four, um, three Hebrew chant CDs and one CD in English for the um, community. Right, I think I I I I know I've, I've listened many times to one of your chants that is the Serenity Prayer in chant form. I think it's just absolutely lovely. Oh, thank you. Uh, so we're we're you and I we're going to take a look today at Psalm one. Uh, we have uh, actually treated this psalm in a different episode, but this is going to be a special one because we're going to include one of uh, David's chants. But first, if I could ask you, David, to read. Uh, the text in English of Psalm number one, and from which translation you'll be reading from. Sure, I'd be happy to, Rabbi. Um, I I like um, I like to use the uh, JPS translation. I, I think it's a very accurate translation directly from the Hebrew. Um, so here is that one. I, I will um, I will make the gender more neutral, though, uh, 
which JPS doesn't doesn't typically do. Okay, go ahead. Happy is the one who has not followed the counsel of the wicked, or taken the path of sinners, or joined the company of the insolent. Rather, the teaching of the Creator is that one's delight, and they study that teaching day and night. They are like a tree planted beside streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, whose foliage never fades, and whatever it produces thrives. Not so the wicked, rather they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not survive judgment, nor will sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord cherishes the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked is doomed. My, my guess is your chant is not from the last few lines. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so it, this, is, um, this is what's known as a wisdom psalm, actually. There's no prayer here to God. It could be used in prayer form, as I think you're going to share with us. But the psalm itself is is categorized as being a wisdom psalm, and it basically has, well, there's three parts to it. There's two parts, but maybe three. Early commentators like Briggs, they, uh, in the beginning of the 20th century, they saw two very neat parts of this psalm. One is ashrei ha'adam, happy is the person, as opposed to not so, the wicked. And two equally uh Two equally sized uh, parts of the poem, first part being positive, second part being negative. And he saw the verse which is going to interest us the most today, uh, and they shall be like a tree planted on streams of water, verse 3, as a later addition, as a interpolation. Well, I don't see really any need to go that far. Uh, basically, it the, I think that the verse 3 just kind of uh, brings into focus in a very poetic way in this imagery of, of a plant, uh, of a tree with fruit, uh, that which was said in the first two lines, first two verses. And it's also connected, of course, to what comes afterwards, where the wicked are like the chaff that the wind drives away, staying in that, that agricultural, horticultural uh, imagery. And so... Um, so one could see that verse 3 is actually in the center, is the emphasis, because it is a little bit different than what comes before, what comes afterwards. And, uh, and that is indeed which we're going to focus on as well. Now, the first word of this, of this psalm, many people who grew up in uh, going to synagogue or summer camps or uh, religious school will recognize this word, ashray, not because of its appearance here. It appears in other places. Uh, in the Psalms, but um, it, because it, it, it's this lovely word is, is happy, is uh, lucky or fortunate. Um, I would say this is the word that was, uh, was the Hebrew slash Aramaic background of the story in the Gospels of the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain, depending on which of the Gospels you're looking in. Um, where it's usually translated blessed. I'm pretty sure that the word there was ashray. In any case, um, we've got these, these words of wisdom of how to live your life and with what kind of company to keep. So uh, tell us what drew you to the 
central part of this psalm, as I spread it out, as I laid it out right now, David, and, and, and what you've done with it. Well, um, you know, when, when I approach, when I approach a, a phrase, I mean, what, th- this kind of gets to me, to me the crux of chanting and why, why look at chanting as opposed to um, reading a, a whole psalm. Because um, when, I, when I first came to approach chanting, what drew me to it was um, I saw our prayer book and our prayer service, and I saw a lot of words. And I was starting to become lost in the prayer service a little bit. And it, it was, it was for me, um, I, I was starting to lose a little bit of the meaning. And when I discovered chanting and I discovered that I could refine the heart of a prayer in a few words, then it really was an aha moment for me. So, um, in this case, when I, when I look at this and I see a tree planted besides a stream of water, and I think about what's happening in our world right now, and I think about the situation that, that I'm, that, that we're living through right now, where, where we're confined to our homes, and a lot of people are feeling like maybe the world is passing them by, and this feeling of stuckness that a lot of people in my life are talking to me about. And, and can I, can I change the way that I look at things? Can I, can I reframe my world and think about this in a different way? And maybe I can think about, maybe I can use this text. Maybe I can use this melody and this, and this prayer as a blessing instead think about feeling grounded and so maybe I can be that tree um, that's surround that's beside the water that's moving and maybe I can I can feel grounded like a tree beside the water and all of a sudden everything feels a little bit different instead of life passing by all of a sudden I'm strengthened and I'm grounded and so I saw the prayers in those types of ways and I focused on chanting in that way. When I returned to prayers in that way and I came back to the prayer service, those prayers just became opened up to me in a different way. Ashe 
So David, the water, Palge Maim, these uh, currents of water, um, they nourish the tree, they nourish all life, the, that water. I say they because Maim, Maim in Hebrew is, is plural. Um, you know, many commentators have mentioned over the last 120 years that this is probably a scene taken out of the story of creation of Gan Eden. Garden of Eden with all that water. And, uh, you know, if you've had a chance to travel around Israel, especially when you were younger, they take you up to Tel Dan, the northern part of the country in the Galil. And, and tour guides always share with you saying, well, many people would say this is what the biblical narrator had in mind when he wrote about the, the Garden of Eden with all this water, these springs coming up from everywhere. It's just tangled roots. Um, that's what I think of every time I hear this psalm, I recite this psalm, I chant this psalm, these words, I think of that place. But you go to any place where there's water. Um, I like what you said about the fact that the, the tree is grounded and, um, and, you know, instead of worrying about the fact that the world is going by without us, we, we watch the water go by but recognize that the water itself is nourishing us. It's not this water just going by, we don't get anything about it, from it. We get a constant um, feed of, 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 of refreshment from that water, even though it is going by. Yes, and, and I, like what, I like what you're saying about the, the bubbling up because, because I love the, the idea of, you know, while we're here, while we're in our homes, that the ideas... The, the new ways of thinking, all of these things are bubbling up inside of us as well. So, so there's kind of like this recycling and this nourishing that's happening inside of us as well. And that, of course, is the challenge of these days to, to be mindful of that, to be aware of that as a possibility, as opposed to allowing um, our interpretive, uh, our, our own interpretations of something as being boring. You know, like when teenagers say boring, oh, this is so boring, you know, the, the greatest insult you can get as an educator or as a parent from an adolescent is, or even from a, a smaller child is, I'm, I'm bored, right? Uh, and, and that's a way of interpreting reality around us as a way of throwing up a wall and saying, well, I don't want to be challenged by this. I don't want to struggle with this, whatever it is. I don't want to, I, I'm not necessarily interested right now in growing. And so uh, we say we're bored. Have you been bored these last few weeks, David? You know, I there were times when I was there were times when I was when I experienced that feeling of being bored. Um, but I really like I challenged myself not to not to fight it, like to just kind of stop and notice it, and to just say, oh, "Okay, I'm bored. Like, what's what's this all about?" I noticed, I noticed that I'm feeling bored right now because um, a, a year ago I, I was very busy in a corporate job and now I'm, I have, a, I have a, a job where I'm spending a lot more time making music and um, so I'm not, used to, I'm not used to doing the work that I'm doing right now. So feeling, feeling bored is a new feeling and, and um, I, I have to teach myself to embrace that a little bit more sometimes. 
but it sounds like you've had some practice more than the rest of us. You've been at it for a few more months than us. Yeah. Right. Building your resilience. Well, I, spent, I spent a little bit of time in I spent a little bit of time in Palm Springs, so I'm so I had the pleasure of um, being being bored in a beautiful place. <laughs> well, we we await uh, the next time that you and Jeffrey uh, come and spend time here. It may not be for a while. I'm guessing you were planning on coming in the summer in any case. But when you do come, I'm looking forward to you uh, leading and teaching and leading. Um, or Hamidbar, Kabbalat Shabbat, or Shabbat morning. Uh, you did a little bit of it when you were here, but doing more so uh, to enrich our our own prayer with new ways of singing, new ways of listening. We're really looking forward to that. That would be a great pleasure. Thank you. Well, thank you, David. Thanks for sharing your music. Um, if people wanted to hear more of your music, where would they go? Uh, my website is very easy to remember. It's HebrewChant.com. HebrewChant.com, and we've been talking with David Goldstein, who lives with his husband Jeffrey in Pittsburgh, part of a chant community there. A uh, oh, I participated the other day, Friday, with their Kabbalat Shabbat, a beautiful Kabbalat Shabbat with dozens of people, and uh, we're all part of uh, this growing movement of Jews and non-Jews who are looking to take advantage of ancient sources and perhaps wrap them up, dress them up in new clothes uh, to understand them in new, fresh ways, but to find relevance in our faith tradition. And so we hope that you've enjoyed our podcast today, which was a little bit different than usual. And uh, we'll end with uh, hearing uh, the recording of Ke'et Shatul al Pagemaim. They are like, uh, they are like uh, trees that are replanted on the... Uh, streams of water going by uh, David Goldstein. Thank you, David. Thank you, Rabbi. <laughs> Psalm Springs is a production of Or Hamid Bar, Light of the Desert, an organization dedicated to intellectual, spiritual, and social engagement with the Jewish tradition. We're based in Palm Springs, California, and we'd like to give thanks to Madalena Garza for editing and everything else tech-like in this production. Please check us out at www.orhamidbar.org for more information. And if you'd like to sponsor a Psalm Springs episode, you can do so by going to our website. If you like what you've heard, please express it on iTunes, Apple, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.